listening to Charged Podcast, episode 23, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How's things today, John? Hey, buddy. You sound so sick. I am very ill. I'm sorry if I sound blocked up. It's that time of so year, sick. I guess. Yeah. So no drinking for me yeah. this week. Uh-huh. It's okay. I think you promised in Slack that you were going to be drunk this week. Yeah, it's like the first sober podcast in a very long time. Oh, <laughs> so maybe it'll be better. <laughs> I don't know. No, I like it. But we got good feedback about tipsy. our uh, audio this week. Yes, it just turns so, out that apparently when the microphone is closer to my face, it produces a better audio signal. Believe it or not, amazing. <laughs> it only took meeting in person to figure that out. <laughs> How are things in New York? Good. It's raining. It's terrible weather. Everything is terrible when it comes to the weather, but everything else is fine. It's pretty much like um, cold and wet and miserable. And I thought it was going to snow last night. It's that cold. Yes. Well, it could just be because I don't know, dude, I swear to God, we went from what felt like 750 bazillion degrees plus C summer to like ice age overnight. Like it's it's freezing here. That's how winter gets you. It's basically the same here in Europe. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much. It's an excuse to stay inside. Someone, I think, tweeted at or put in the slack that when we were i was oh yeah gosh how much ranty people did not like my elon musk rant last um, (laughs) week it's because we turned on the comments before we just wouldn't have known well okay so i think i owe elon musk a bit of an apology for ranting so hard that he's done nothing nothing to help global warming or the environment because obviously tesla and his work with solar city has helped things a lot and if he hadn't have done that then the push into um if he hadn't have done that then the push into solar and uh carbon neutral cars getting towards that would never have happened so right i retract i retract a lot of my rantiness from last week definitely was just in a grumpy mood about the environment but oh fuck just my pop filter fell off it's gonna go oh no is it your paper pop filter no it's my real one but oh nice well i can i can talk about soundcloud while you uh fix it all right go because you like soundcloud a lot i think so oh my god it's crazy apparently rumor on the street the word on the street is they're going to be acquired by spotify the question is is that a good thing? Who really knows? I'm actually really excited about it. A lot of people I saw, you know, online and on uh, Hacker News and a few other places weren't so amped for it, but it kind of makes sense to me. Like Spotify needs those underground artists and then it's all in one place and then I don't have to pay for SoundCloud Go and Spotify. I mean, great. <laughs> Spotify becomes, we were just talking about this last night over dinner, Spotify becomes the new record label or uh, yeah, basically like right. all the indie artists funnel through uh soundcloud you use that as the discovery engine for the good stuff and then once things start trending uh in soundcloud then you pr- start promoting it on spotify i just it's wish perfect. they would also buy hype machine along with it but i guess this way it gives like hype machine at least validation again that it won't just die it's like my favorite website you should go to hypem hypem.com it's just like dope indie music anyway so 
I think it's I think it's a great move actually. I uh, it's all in one place, but the, the a lot of the bad stuff around it has been like what happens if you combine two services that are hemorrhaging money, right? <laughs> like Spotify loses a lot of money and SoundCloud loses even more money. So I don't know if it's super wise given that Spotify just raised what a billion dollars. I think what happens is all all they <laughs> I think what happens is you find a new revenue model for artists and like the, the record label, the record industry and the, and the, uh, artist relations and the lawyers and everything that goes together to make up the, the music and entertainment industry is Mm. really messed up. Like, yeah, yeah. it, It, you know, it doesn't, it's not really that good. And so, the reason that so many people use SoundCloud is the community is amazing. It's great for discovering new artists. You can actually kind of get known on there. The algorithms like are I, good. I'll spend, yeah, algorithms are good. I'll spend, easily spend, I mean, I'm, I make tons of music and I'll spend a, a whole Sunday just, you know, poking around SoundCloud, finding new artists that only have like 50 or 60 listens. And then I DJ at the local bar and people come up and like, what is Blind Barber? Shout out to Blind Barber. And um, people will come up and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, seriously, it's this like random house, French house band that does like tropical funk. And you've never heard of them because they have 60 likes on soundcloud and they're amazing (laughs) so but when that stuff can start to be to start to trickle into the mainstream like that's pretty cool you get you get this really interesting discovery engine and if they can figure out how to merge both of those things together really well so the funnel is super good that people who actually people actually know to get their stuff on soundcloud and there becomes a system a community-based system or right, right. like that just like emerges naturally or whatever, where things just bubble onto Spotify, the quality of music on Spotify will get, will that'll just be super cool. Like I really, and yeah, then I agree. half the reason they're not profitable is that they're like, I was saying, they're like all this, all the revenue that they make has to be cut up a zillion times to all of these different entities and different record labels and music labels and stuff like that. When it can go from me to Spotify to the artist and Spotify takes 10 cents and, you know, the artist gets the vast majority of it. Awesome. Then they're the new label. Do you agree? I guess the question at the end of the day is, will Spotify be able to outlast its cash flow, right? Because it's it's going to be a race to the bottom. It will if 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 they acquire SoundCloud. Yeah, I'll just pay for Spotify. Yeah, and but so that we'll, still doesn't help because Spotify loses money on every subscription because they at the moment they pay out too much money to artists, so they either have to pay artists less or charge you more. So that's the question, right? So what happens? I assume once this starts consolidating a lot more, you'll get this point where either they start paying less to the artists both apple music and spotify or the cost gets passed on to you right uh what is a hundred dollars a year cost a month like less than ten dollars a month right eight bucks something math is not (laughs) me so i would pay 110 bucks a year for spotify easily that's not enough but it need to be more that's that's less than right now 
Really? It's, How much is yeah, it right now? It's $10 a month right now. Actually, more overseas. I pay 13 euros a month. Okay. So well, that's so not I definitely enough. pay up to $20 a month for Spotify if I it had. I, would I already too. pay. I already pay 10 bucks a month, I think, for SoundCloud Go. If it right? meant not paying for two services, like a lot of people actually do right now. Yeah. That would be the play. What's SoundCloud Go cost? Yeah, it's 10 bucks a month. I already pay for. Oh, actually, twelve bucks a month if you buy it through the iOS yeah. app, which is what go. I did. So yeah, <laughs> I already pay that. I'll give you another ten bucks a month to get all of yeah. Spotify's catalog too. So and if Spotify all my friends can pull playlists. that off, awesome. The question is, if they raise their prices, will people just move to Apple Music? Because Apple can sell longer at a loss than Spotify can, right? So that's uh, the. But they have a much like they have a. Remember we talked like three weeks ago about how Katy Perry yeah. launched a song exclusively on um, uh, Apple Music and no one knew that Katy Perry had launched yeah, a new song. Nobody noticed. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. I, they Spotify is better than Apple Music. Yeah, I agree. I tried it a lot of times. I really wanted to like Apple Music, but it just doesn't. It's. I mean, the, so, the social crap. features in Spotify are enough to pay for the fact that like we can share playlists and it's super nice and I can follow strangers playlists and all that kind of thing is super awesome. And Apple music just doesn't have any of that. So I'll never, I'll never switch anymore. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. I got a new iPhone. You got the seven. Yes, sir. How is it? This new home button is very bizarre. It makes it feel like a test phone, right? Yeah. But I actually kind of, after using it for a while, I kind of like it. It's like, it feels like the whole butt bottom of the phone is pushing. Yeah, that's what I didn't like about it. It felt like the whole, I don't know, I, I assume it's oh, I because like it. they're, they're midway into removing the button for next year. But yeah, which one did you get though? Uh, I got uh, the iPhone one. Which color? <laughs> it's black. But there's two blacks, John. Jet black or the other black? <laughs> oh man, I've already scratch the shit out of it uh sorry it's um it's the matte black one. Oh yeah yeah that one's sick but you scratched it already what yeah like i've put a serious dent in the top of it dang take it back so it came like that anyway <laughs> well it's good to hear that you like it i uh um, I, still I, I, I don't know if i regret not getting the bigger one only because I wanted that other camera. Yeah. But, it needs more work, um, so just get it next year. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I also got the... I did it on the new um, program that they have, so I'm paying the subscription... It's the subscription iPhone now. Do you know oh, about yeah? this? The, the upgrade program? Yeah, so I pay $35 a month, I think, and then it get, comes with Apple Care and everything, and then... right. I can just get a new iPhone when the new one comes out. Every year? Yeah, I seem so. I just give them it back and they give me the new one. I want that in Europe so bad. <laughs> yeah, seems pretty good. Um, the other thing I found on it is that when I push the home button to unlock, it's really fast. It's, it seems to be faster than the old one was. I think it's supposed to be slightly faster. What were you on before, 6S or a 6? Six. Okay, yeah, it's going to be noticeably faster for you. Should I have gotten the bigger one? I don't know. Yeah, nah, next year. Do you think we're going to Mars? Yes, not anytime soon. Tell everybody what happened with Musk this week. <laughs> so, Elon um, has laid out his plan to establish a outer space colony on Mars. 
and he did a press event um, on, I think it was Tuesday. Was it Tuesday last week? Um, and it was basically kind of like an Apple event. Uh, he stood on stage. It really was. All, <laughs> all like, <laughs> he was like all um, nicely lit. And they had this, I thought, I thought the set was actually a little bit bizarre with like the, the oh, yeah? like big round, round circle, like. Yeah. Yeah. The Mars display. Behind, behind him. And like yeah, yeah. all the like, yeah, the drapery and the security guards at the front and stuff. It was very like. It was very bizarre, but, and also the, the questions at the end were very bizarre, but, um, TLDR oh, yeah. oh, is, have you ever heard of the interplanetary space education Alliance or whatever the hell it was? There was like <laughs> five people from this, what seems to be oh, a made man. up organization asking it was bizarre, bizarre questions. Like the questions. If you want to watch the, if you like everybody listening should just open the keynote video and skip to the questions. Some dude got up there and he's like, Hey man, will there be any toilets on Mars? <laughs> and and then somebody else was like could i could i kiss you <laughs> it was just yeah, truly was like truly one. bizarre and the funny or die guys with it is truly uh, messed up it really it really really I, ruined it actually it made it it made it feel like a very hokey event like yeah hey, there's this like, weird why guy were these people in the mars yeah it was super weird um the funnier guy die guy said that they had done the statistical probability of the most useless human or the statistical analysis of the most useless human um and that the most hu- useless human should be the person that is first used to go to mars and that the, st- st- the statistical analysis of the most human useless human put forward michael Sarah as the nice. um, as the first person that should go to mars and so the question was will you be sending michael Sarah to mars and did he answer that He's, he looked absolutely stunned that anyone would waste their time asking him that question. He just Yeah, like, I love that it was like this big speech about how we're going to Mars and then the dumbasses came along and I think he realized that like <laughs> the majority of the population is like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I so the deal is that they're going to he's going to make a massive huge big rocket like really huge it looked like the size of the empire state building or something i mean i just completely made that up but it was huge uh because i think it can fit a hundred people god i'm just making numbers up right now but fits a bunch of people on it send it to mars and then they basically do the refueling and i think they do the transfer of people on the um in the stratosphere or in the not actually on the um they fill the fuel in the uh in the in the atmosphere right or sorry yeah. while we're returning the earth and then they fly there and it lands right upright yeah pretty pretty interesting it's um, crazy proposal i think seems like it would work and for the price of what 500k uh he said he said the price of an average house in america which uh brooke and i were watching it and we looked up the average house price in america when he said that and it's one hundred twenty-three thousand dollars. So that's that's attainable for most people. If they wanted to go to Mars, they could, in theory, do it. That is definitely not attainable for most people, but that is attainable for the most of the people that you know. Yeah. 1% of the population, that, yes. That's what he's going for. That's what I mean. Like, Or 1% of the 1%, probably. Yeah. He wants a million people at the end of it, but, of course, the first people will pay the most to get there. So that's the, the key is eventually building up to a more efficient system. So, and then... One of the questions was, could you come back? And he said, absolutely. 
Um, he said that there's a, you'll basically very likely die uh, if you're one of the first people to go. Um, you might not, but you probably yeah. will. Yeah, uh, they have to set up all probably, the terraforming and stuff. Yeah, and then the second group of people will also likely die. Um, maybe a couple will make it. Right. Um, probably the spaceship will crash into the uh, planet at high speeds, destroying everyone. Damn, and man. maybe. Yeah, you're really yeah, against anyway. the odds. But yeah. So but, the crazy thing is his time frame, right? <laughs> not a bad thing to spend a uh, hundred thousand dollars to diet doing. <laughs> no, sure. I mean, people seem to spend that money on more ridiculous things. <laughs> um, yep. He said we can do this by twenty twenty five. That's soon. First people, um, <laughs> but they're building the parts of the rocket already. They've got the Merlin engines, which are the new crazy high uh, thrust to power ratio engines. And they've got the fuel tanks, so they just have to build the actual rocket. And I love that he showed the renders, and he's like, "No, no, no, this isn't a render. This is what we're actually building." <laughs> I mean, the 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 inside three D model view that they took you through in the beginning. I was, I said, looked to Brooke, and I'm like, "Wow, he's really like building a space transportation ship." Right? Like, he's this is not this isn't like the the pictures that we have in our heads of like astronauts in crazy suits and like ducts uh hanging from the roof and like you know things being taped together and crazy wires everywhere and like switches this is like yeah this is like lcd panels and you know white leather couches and and you know the the whole kit and caboodle so wow i just said the whole kit and caboodle Um, kit and caboodle what what year is it (laughs) i don't know i'm talking about the future using 1960s slang um so well cool the question is would you go for 120k hmm <laughs> I, you know i i really like earth so i was literally just thinking things, that <laughs> I, I, it's a great place here like I, this is it's good for cycling you know <laughs> it really is fun for cycling um i was speaking to one of our our slack groupers in a dm the other day and and he, he was basically, he's younger, like Samuel, he's like 18 or something. And he was like, you know, the only thing about you, John, is that you really don't like the future in a very future way. You like basically try and put like a very today and yesterday right. slant on the future instead of just like abandoning all preconceived notions about what we have today and just like moving into this whole new way of thinking about the human right. species and there's no context for that right I th- well i thought about that long and hard and i was like yeah i guess that's true like i th- but there is no like there is no good context for what we're about to go into and i think yeah. that's really well, it's like the industrial age as well right like nobody could really compute that <laughs> I don't think anyone knew what was going to happen in the 90s and early 2000s that's for sure i mean my my mom Y2K, man Dude, literally, I was just about to say my mom stocked up for two years before, like we had a shed in the backyard that had water yep, and cans. Yeah, we did that too. Like we could, yeah, we could have sustained ourselves for like we turned off two our computers. On. We yep, yep. We had the TV off at midnight. We had everything just in case something horribly went wrong. Nothing happened. So, I, I think 
it's fine that we're going to Mars, but I wish that other people were putting as much. I still wish that other people were putting as much um, effort into helping take care of Earth um, than we do in like Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and going to Mars and flying cars. Um, also, I read today that what uh i've just i've just been blabbering on since you went to put the cat away nice. but i read today that amazon now aws has new gpu instances um you can get like these for cr- ai yep so i really really i'm starting to believe that ai is gonna get really really good really really fast and you know, I like blew my mind the other day that we are only just trying, only just now figuring out why neural networks are so good at doing deep learning work. And I was like, wait a second, we've been using a technology that we fundamentally didn't understand for like, or we've been building a technology that we fundamentally didn't understand. Sorry, I'll even rephrase that one more time. We've been building on yeah. top of a technology that we fundamentally didn't understand for like three years now and we're just figuring out why neural networks are so good at doing this stuff and i'm like geez we really are not thinking things through very well but hmm, whatever i guess yeah there's a lot going on and the other thing is (laughs) did you ever hear that saying that like when a computer finally passes the turing test we won't actually know because it'll fail it intentionally no i didn't hear that but that's (laughs) i mean that's you know it's true (laughs) because <laughs> it will have thought through It'd yeah it's be... like why would it admit to doing that yeah so we might even like it might already have happened you just don't know right yeah i mean remember when i went to that ai conference ai now at the white house and yep, yep. uh one of the dudes i think from facebook was like the head of ai at facebook was like uh, maybe that it's there's a chance that the singularity is already upon us and we don't know yeah it's i mean it's true uh, and it's entirely conceivable it'll be in the next couple of decades. Doesn't, I mean, I guess if you believe in the simulated realities theory, then you fundamentally believe that there's already some, that we're operating in something that we're so, 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 so far past where we are today in base reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny it's, to think it's about. It's quite scary. I mean. It's getting deep. Yeah. I one of the comments on the podcast was that we get a little too airy fairy sometimes, but I don't really know that we necessarily do. I think things are, it's only the tip of the iceberg of what we talked about in New York. So oh, yeah, like <laughs> we definitely, so, yeah. Anyway, Did you know that Mark Andreessen quit Twitter? He deleted all of his tweets. Great segue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he I deleted just, every tweet. He pulled a John Edgar. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of theories circulating about why. He says it's because he's taking a Twitter break. Everybody else says it's probably because he's involved in trying to buy Twitter. <laughs> so it explains a lot, actually, if that's the case. Well, how does that he's explain about anything? That a lot before. Well, if he if he's you know had any uh, insider knowledge or made tweets about it before, it could look bad. Mm, I don't. I, I I would imagine he's probably just being a sane human and like going back into the real world and getting rid of stupid Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're like number one Twitter hater. You know what? It's only just since I've it. stopped using it. It's been, yeah, but like, so stop using it for like two months and then tell me how much you love it. 
Yeah, I used I stopped using it for a month, and I do agree it was really nice. But I also missed it somewhat. Not I mean, the service, but just like the people I know there. It's like Hangout, but the Slack channels that I'm in are starting to replace that. I'll be honest. I yep. spend more time in those than I do on Twitter now, and it's all happening in private, and nobody would know. You know, I think that's the difference: is people don't want to tweet publicly anymore. That's why Path was the right thing. Path, yeah, I still miss Path. I think we've lamented it a couple of times, actually. <laughs> yeah. So it was a great service. It was a great service. I didn't know that. It's just it's amazing that Mark Andreessen deleted Twitter. I've he said all of that his tweets as well. He, 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 said, no, he didn't even just go protected. He says he feels free as a bird since quitting Twitter. Whoa! He said that to who? Um, like Bloomberg Technology today. They just wow. published a story that says what? Mark Andreessen says he feels free as a bird since quitting Twitter, joking that his well-publicized hiatus is unlikely to diminish the company's valuation. Prominent venture capital. It's also capital- not good for Twitter at this time. <laughs> I mean, if they're trying to sell to Google if or whoever, if he's if he bad. is involved in the in the sale somehow, and he's trying to drop their stock price so that it's cheaper to buy, that would be quite quite amusing. <laughs> Well played, Mark. Yeah, that would be a good that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, I. It's interesting. I, I there's a lot of people disappearing from Twitter lately, and I think it's not isolated at all. I would say that without an acquisition, and we talked about this last week, Twitter is on life support now. It's more dangerous to itself. It's alienating everybody who's there, and people are just getting tired of it. Can you? I'm like be- Facebook. Can you believe that Marissa Mayer knew? about all of this security flaws uh, in Yahoo and was like... Man, we're all about the segues today. It's fantastic. Nah, yeah. son. Not gonna 500 fix million it. accounts hacked, right? And then this thing comes out that, what, she knew about it? Well, she knew about the risks, at first of all, and they knew they'd been hacked, and then she told everybody not to do a password reset because it would mean that people wouldn't log into Yahoo Mail. That's <laughs> true. It's a barrier to logging into Yahoo Mail. Everyone will be like, oh, God, oh, well, never mind. But the fact that she delivered... It was for like two years as well, right? Wild. Absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure that breaks a few laws. I imagine that if that's true, she should be in some probably in some trouble for that. The question is, will she... Well, they are going to be investigated, right? That's the thing I saw is there's a lot of senators calling for an inquiry now. So I guess we'll find out. By the way, have you seen oh, that? But I can't believe it. Have you seen that we've started the, while we're talking about cybersecurity, have you seen the, the beginnings of the DDoS attacks from uh, IoT devices have started? Yeah, I saw something about that online this week against that uh, Krebs on Security guy or something. Yeah, and then... It's like one I, of the largest ones ever recorded. Well... And it's from cameras. Yeah. Oh, I and also, Siri ever recorded. I take, yeah, I take a little issue with people saying that, but... Because I'm sure that we saw bigger DDoS attacks at DigitalOcean. Like, right, right. <laughs> publicly reported DDoS, yeah. <laughs> um, but BBC just reported so that... So like, it was like hacked, o- OVH, hacked IP t- cameras? Yeah, so OVH just reported an attack uh, this afternoon um, that was 1. 1. 1.5 terabytes a second, I think, which is basically... I mean, you, you, so to give you some context on what all these numbers mean and stuff like that, all right, we should go all the way back. So DDoS is right. distributed denial of service attack, which basically means that you use a remote computer um, that you take control of via 
virus or malware or something like that, but you you infect a, a whole huge number of computers. They're called botnets. Um, and then you use those computers to simultaneously send requests to a server that hosts something or is connected to the internet that you want off the internet. And what happens is as the computer starts to receive all of these requests, so way back in the day, it was done by a ping request. So ping requests are how computers check if other computers are on the internet. So you would ping and then it would send a pong, but you would send Send a ton of them, millions of ping requests from millions of different IP addresses. Um, And then as they got, they got more and more sophisticated. We saw last year um, was a end, a time server reflection attack. Um, so what they were doing is they were asking the, basically asking the server what time it was, I think. <laughs> and then, but so we've gotten really good as a, as a group of, of technologists who are responsible for maintaining the internet um, at filtering these things and like putting in, in um, blacklists and stuff like that. So that uh, very quickly throughout the internet, if there's an attack going on, you can, you can send yeah. up what's called upstream. So you let all the people who provide you with service. So always keep in mind that the internet is services oh. being provided to services, being provided to services, being provided to services until you get to what's called the backbone of the internet, which is like AT&T, BT, British Telecom um, and a few private carriers, uh, and they carry the vast. They have the trunks, the vast majority of the traffic, the internet traffic, which is physical speed of light moving around the world. Um, well, not physical, but the speed of light moving across the, around the world, and uh, and so you can go all the way up to the to the backbone provider, and you can say stop all of these IP addresses from even being allowed to use the internet effectively. And so they become harmless. Um, and as you get further and further towards the back end of the internet, they, right. they become trusted and tr- more and more trusted. So DigitalOcean yep. could go pretty, we could upstream, we could send stuff up pretty far into the internet to block things away from us. So like we could get, get major junction boxes of the internet to block these things before they ever hit us and of course the the bigger and bigger the the sorry the further and further you go into the internet the bigger and bigger the amount of bandwidth that can be transferred around it it increases uh so so you know significantly yeah yeah, like we're talking terabytes and terabytes and terabytes terabytes, of traffic can travel around so that just gives you the scale of these how this all works so so what's happening is all of these individual webcams or it'll be apple watches or basically any device that's connected to the internet that's insecure that can send a request to another device as soon as it is able to be controlled by someone it can send traffic to wherever this someone decides and and perform a di- distributed denial of service attack and so right. um, and this has been this has been a problem on the internet since this is an inherent issue with the internet like it's not it's not a new thing it's been going on it's forever hard, it's a hard hard problem it's a very hard problem because you you effectively have to serve traffic right that's the whole fundamental underlying principle of the internet is you're serving traffic and you're you're serving web pages and information you're moving the information around and so um so to give you some idea though a, a terabytes of data a second is you're talking 
it's that would be hard for even a tier two provider well, akamai ditched him yeah. that's how much traffic it was granted he was, was on, he was on the customers. free tier i think um yeah still that's still but it is <laughs> it is a lot of traffic so it's interesting because so ovh uh is a french um isp french cloud provider it's one of the biggest ones in europe um their ceo is super super cool dude he's uh Oles and he's always active on Twitter and talking about what's going on in the OVH world. That's cool. Uh, and he said that a botnet with um, 145,000 cameras slash DVR at uh, 30 megabytes per IP address sent 1.5 uh, terabits per second DDoS attack uh, type TCP acknowledge, TCP acknowledge, TCP sync. So that's pretty right. bad. It's a scary problem and it still doesn't have a fix. No, very hard to deal with this stuff. So how like how can you mitigate it? I guess that's the question, right? It's very, very difficult. I would imagine that we're probably going to have to some, I don't probably maybe a new, <laughs> um, you, uh, there's probably going to have to be some standards of what IOT devices can actually do when they're put on the internet. Like you, you basically shouldn't be allowed to put a web server on an IoT device. You shouldn't be allowed to put anything that has... And basically all of them have that right now. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to put... Basically, you shouldn't be able to allowed to put basic Linux. And we should probably develop like some some proprietary... IoT Proprietary protocol, thing. yeah, that, that IoT devices transfer over that, that at least could be blocked somehow and would be hard to spoof or something or use encryption keys to say to identify or pgp to identify devices i don't know but there is definitely going to have to be some (laughs) fix because it's going to grind the whole internet to a complete halt in like a year and a half if it continues it's no joke because soon you'll start seeing it go against the actual providers itself right yeah i mean which is already happening but on the lower layers we had a we had an attack a couple years ago at DigitalOcean where they didn't attack us. They attacked our they attacked our uplink provider, which was insane. Like they specifically were trying to take us offline, but they didn't attack wow. us. They went so they were just like, well, we'll just saturate all of DigitalOcean's connections, basically. And I mean, relatively unsuccessful. I think we it took us like a minute and a half to deal with. But you know that if the 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 deeper and deeper into into the internet that you can attack, the worse and worse it gets because yeah. the harder and harder it gets to 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 deal with. Because also you right, don't you don't know specifically where th- what people are also trying to get to when it gets to that. Because like, let's say yeah, that, and it's because it's all different devices. Yeah, if you wanted to like take off a take out a single website that was hosted on something like DigitalOcean or AWS or or Google Compute, you and nowadays you don't even go after the the ip address that it's hosted on or you you don't even go after the individual server that it's hosted on you just go after the whole cloud provider like that's crazy right right it's messed up so there's one last thing to talk about other than the internet falling apart is blackberry falling apart (laughs) god so much doom and gloom blackberry is not going to make any more phones of its own which is kind of like an end of an era it's crazy. This finally realized that, hey, maybe making phones isn't working out for us. And so they're going to make software, but not their own phone software, just the apps that go on it. And then they're going to give out their name to other companies to put their phones 
to create Blackberry phones. Like Alcatel is making one, which is terrible. <laughs> so it's kind of the end of an era, right? Like now they're just a business company that's kind of there and doesn't really own much. Yeah, super weird. You're Canadian. You probably have some uh, affiliation with Blackberry. I'm not definitely not affiliated with Blackberry, but um, I, I mean, Blackberry is like IBM, right? They, they made hardware for a short amount of time that was very um very uh good for the business user and then and then they became a services company very lucrative yeah very lucrative and then they became a services <laughs> company like you know this is apparently a really interesting book that could be our book club this week is the book about blackberry i don't remember the name oh uh, you want to hear another crazy thing while you're googling that Imagine that your devices in your house started DDoSing all the other devices in your house and you didn't even know how to deal with it yourself. So your That's absolutely gonna happen. Your fridge just starts DDoSing like your nest smoke alarm. I mean like those would be ways to like disable people's security systems and stuff like that by just like like it used to be that to disable someone's security system when the alarm went off, you'd find the telephone cable outside their house and snip it oh, snip yeah, it yeah. and then it couldn't call out now you would just like ddos the 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 home kit or the you know <laughs> you'd just ddos the device yeah you could just spam it and they would <laughs> no one would know it would just look like the internet's down the internet as long is, as the wi-fi is insecure yep. you've got a problem no even if it's even if it's secure if it's on your internal network Everything can talk to everything. Oh, boy. Yeah, and there's no protection there. I'm sure that we'll start seeing, like, more IoT protection devices soon. It's going to be terrible. Like, you have to get a physical firewall for your IoT. Free startup idea. Yeah. Okay, what... I think it exists. Anyway, the name of that um, book club book is Losing the Signal. Apparently, it's amazing. A lot of people have recommended it to me. I'm recommending it to you without having read it, but I'm going to read it this week, I promise. So, then, you can, then I'll say how good it is. Then you can let us know how good it is, yeah. Uh, I think there's yeah. one more thing. Blackberry is a fascinating case study. Black- Sorry, yes, Blackberry is a cool company. I like them. I just I don't think that they innovated so that, and they probably got big and bureaucratic and rested on their laurels. Any company that rests on its laurels is done. Like that's just you can't do that, right? When Jeff Bezos talks about Amazon. Yeah. He always just says we want to be uh, an innovation machine, like just invent new stuff all the time. And yeah, I mean they're doing it. Look at the Amazon Echo. That's crazy. Everybody's copying it now, and they were the first ones. Not Apple, not Google, Amazon. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is a brilliant man. Huge fanboy. He knows what he's doing. I think we have 10 minutes to do... Do you have 10 minutes to do... I have all the time. Okay. Well, because our emails this week and conversations in Slack were... um, kind of around like people just being like, so what am I supposed to do with my life in this new world (laughs) in the future? And so Owen and I had a little conversation about that before the show to see what we thought and what planned, what useful, what useful skills, um, people should try and pick up and things that they should learn. Um, so we both agreed that generally being a front front, uh, a strong, front end web engineer so not just writing css or html or php but really learning react and learning really learning node fundamental app technologies is a huge benefit and will continue to be a huge benefit in the future um and i think that there there used to be like outside of learning very specialized things like database engineering and stuff like that. I don't think those things are going to be that 
useful because I think, well, I think it's more useful to learn cloud basically, which I'm like a little, I feel a little weird saying that because I never expected cloud would be a thing that okay. you would learn because it's just abstractions of traditional concepts that we've always yeah, had right. in distributed systems technology. But, um, but if you look at AWS or you look at, at um, GCP, they're very specialized. They're very specialized, yeah. And and it, and there are very few people in the world who who even the people who are you know cloud focused and cloud forward, many of them are very opinionated about how apps need to be built and the way things should be put together, and have very even the most progressive people are still tied into a. Tra- very traditional mindset of application development and in the future application development will be a different thing and i know that people want to hang on to traditional programming coding and stuff like that but i don't computational thinking is com- considerably more uh, important of a skill to learn um, ad- analytical thinking generally right. distributed systems the idea of of there's stuff that needs to have computation and be computed there are things that need to be served to people and there are things that need to be stored and then there's like the internet the network and those those are like kind of just the fundamental building blocks of app dev but that you don't have to think about it as strictly as we traditionally have and so you can use things like aws lambda kinesis RDS, SQS, like all these acronyms, they're so like without actual service. Yeah, is what you're you can, basically say yeah, you can clip together very powerful, stateless, very apps. robust apps, and and people will need help doing that. People will need help architecting these things. People will need help thinking about them. People will need help taking their. You got to remember, like. A large percentage of the internet today is monolithic PHP apps, WordPress, Drupal, like a huge percentage. And it's then, funny because it's still true. Oh yeah, and will be true for, and then and then never mind the Ruby and Rails junk that's out there. Like with due respect to the to the Rails developers, oh, you're gonna get, uh, some get some hate for that one. But no, but come on, like so. And there's a, look, there's equally as bad, much bad. JS and Node out there and all that kind of stuff too, but <laughs> Node Node apps, yeah, yeah, just as many bad Node apps. But my real point is, all of that's going to have to change. Everyone's being owned. Everything is slow. the The competitive advantages into the future are are how you build both your business and your application together in a software defined business environment, which is Google. Uh, compute Google Suite Google whatever you want to call it G Suite GCP right so it's not just making the app it's actually getting it into the cloud in a nice way yeah, thinking about how it all goes together making it super efficient the, a lot of the concepts of configuration management orchestration um, the way that uh, uh, the way that databases are done and stuff like that will will all change if you decide to kind of go plow head first into this uh, cloud world. And I've, I really, 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 there, there's absolutely no way that you can tell me that 
cloud is not ready for prime time. Like Netflix is, Oh, it is. It's, yeah. It's great. You know, everyone's sh- like, if you want to just learn a technology and become a valuable person who can, and be an entrepreneur, become a, become literally become, and this is like super crazy. And, I, but don't, and don't do it in a hokey way, but become a cloud consultant, basically like help. So you can make a lot of money doing yep. that. <laughs> Help stock enterprises move to AWS, really learn the efficiency gains that can come from not running the capital expense of servers and, and maintaining them and everything. Learn that stuff. Learn where the efficiencies can come. Learn how the apps will be faster and then sell that. And like, that's your value prop. That's your business. And like that... Those skills will be very, very valuable, more valuable than learning Chef or Puppet or any of these things, learning apps for the cloud and helping new startups think about architecting towards these things. Really super valuable. Rather than, yeah, rather than just building junky old janky web apps that are from from WordPress years past. Yeah. (laughs) And then if you, if you do. I agree with that. Yeah. Like I think there's just, yeah. And then if you want to, if you do want to be a software developer or you are a software developer and you're not sure where you fit in in the future, I bet my bottom dollar that Swift is going to be a thing. I really, it already is is a thing. So learn Swift, S-W-I-F-T, it's Apple's thing. Uh, uh, It, 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 it's it would be a, it's a it's going to be a valuable skill and golang is another very very valuable place to go you know go go it is oh yeah off of big data sets and stuff right yeah like if you're building big distributed systems or you're writing applications that have to run anywhere um go is like really 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 good uh i think mesosphere and cooper like we're getting pretty technical now but mesosphere kubernetes docker <laughs> like those are interesting things but but if you learn these higher level concepts you can kind of a see how to work around them and so your apps actually become i think a little bit better um if you really kind of think about your apps living on the abstractions and then, you know, they're also, you know, containers and and this orchestration and configuration management world is actually just relatively easy to wrap your head around. Um, But we have a lot of, of software engineers. Well, there's a, there, there is a lot, but I think there's a lot of software engineers who have specialized in like being chef and puppet, like, people and writing that stuff and doing large scale configuration management. And they've spent years doing that. But then you ask them about Node.js or you ask them about um, WebGL or WebCL or progress or like progress in the browser. And they're like, what's the front end of the internet? I don't know. And you're like, okay, so no, they're only in the technical details of just deploying that. And that's not, I don't know. I would not want to be there if I was, I would, that sounds like a really dangerous place to be because because you can get negated so quickly using the new, newer technology. So I, and then, you know, you were talking about React. I think that's, you know, super true as well. That's huge. I mean, that's the next next level of the internet right there, I think. Like two-way, fully stateful apps that degrade offline. It's it's literally the future of the internet. And if it's if it's as performant as a native app, then, I mean, that's, that's the key, right? Yeah. Facebook's, a lot of Facebook's app is React-based and it works offline. And that's the crazy thing is it just feels like a real app. You wouldn't know the difference. So it's cool. 
So those are things to learn. I also think that I also think outside of technology that it's probably really smart to go learn a trade right now. Electrical and electrical engineering. Really? Yeah. Carpentry, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, I think I, I hope that communities get tighter and that we start buying more local things and that we support, you know, I'd, I'd much rather buy um, something made locally than I would. And then with 3D printers and things getting like, you know, better in, a, in a, like that you could almost create a little factory in your garage and pump out, you know, some volume of things, some scale that would allow you to reduce the cost a little bit or use new materials. Um, there's definitely an opportunity there to, to, you know, become the, the local joiner or the local, you know, furniture maker and, and, and the local f- joiner. Well, yeah. In that world, absolutely. I don't, so does that answer the question sufficiently? I guess so. Yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> so was there something else? No, talked about everything. Definitely rambled a lot this episode. No, it's good. I'm sick, so I couldn't talk too much without having to blow my nose. It's perfect. <laughs> John, you led the way. Okay, so the other good things we should talk about is there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the Slack, right? We're actually hanging out. And people are talking and I wake up and I have to catch up. Yep. And that's kind of and they talk with, the dream yeah, for me. Nice. So that's super nice. So if you want to join the Slack, every uh, piece of the show notes now has a but- magic button that you can push and you can sign up. That's really chill. We also have a shiny new website that Femka built for us. Well, designed for us and I built. And it's way better. Thanks, fam. So if you go to chargepodcast.com, you get redirected to the new site, which is just part of the main charge website now. But we're also on SoundCloud, which means you can subscribe there if you're on Android. I'm sorry, Android people, your podcast apps suck. Wow. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing, at least, is people keep saying, like, how can I subscribe on Android? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, is there not a a podcast app? If somebody has a favorite podcast app, come in the Slack and tell us, because I don't know, and people keep asking me. So, uh, But otherwise, just use the SoundCloud app, and you can just go to chargepodcast.com, and it takes you there. It's really nice. Love to hear what you think. What else do we have? Hi at chargepodcast.com is how you can email us if you don't like Slack. A lot of people do email us. It's actually really cool. Like that person who wanted to know what's a good job to have. It's nice. It's really cool that, you know, we don't have to just talk to ourselves. So you can also comment on the website now. We uh, turned that on and we had one guy, uh, hate on John's, uh, <laughs> hate on John's climate change rant. I think that's why we talked about that. I don't know if you saw that. I did. <laughs> not. He was not, it's, it's not really, too happy with me. No. And then I love at the end, he's like pivoting into headphone jacks. It was truly a beautiful comment. Yeah, I was like, John, anyway, you cannot rant, you know, about Elon Musk, blah, blah, blah. But also, you're completely right about headphone jacks. I was like, all right, thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was like, okay, nice. At least you got like a compliment there at the end with the shade. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. If you want to review us, you can on iTunes. That's always chill. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out, John. Bye.